Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we review a bunch of comics that have come out this week. We talk about them, we give our opinions, and we let you know what they are. And we don't hold back. It is unfiltered here. We get it's raw. Oh, yeah. Raw, but respectful. Mm-hmm. Like, we are have tact, but we're also, like, crazy. Yeah, we're in your face, but a safe distance away. Exactly. Uh, Within the bounds, but also way over the line. <laughs> wow. I don't know how that's possible, but I appreciate you guys being respectful. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. Thanks uh, for chaperoning us on this podcast, by the way. Yeah, no Pete's no always been known as the chaperone of the three of us. They call me the chap. Yeah, they do <laughs> call you. Uh, okay, Chappie, uh, let's move Chappie. on with a bunch of reviews. Kicking it off with Marvel's War of the Realms number six, Woo-hoo! the last issue of Marvel's latest big event. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, Malekith, the leader of the Dark Elves, has invaded all of the Ten Realms. This is spitting out of Thor's comic book, and slowly the heroes of Earth and Thor have been fighting back. When last we left Thor, he was in the sun, impaled on a tree, as one does. Yep. Yep. Uh, and this issue wraps it all up, kind of. Uh, how did you feel about the event as a whole? How did you feel about this issue? Uh, I love this event. Every issue was jam-packed with fighting and story, and it was just unbelievable. What did I like? Every issue, a ton of stuff happened. It really moved well. I really loved how it ended. The art's amazing. We got a lot of different characters, and I thought they were used really well. I was very, very happy with this event. I thought this last issue was great. Really good stuff. It felt like it all uh, was leading up to this. A ton of Thors. A lot. Of, if you're a fan of hammers, hammers. Oh yeah, dude. so many hammers. Hammers, surprise, galore. hammers. Try, come to find out, you, you could find to be unworthy, which is great news. Yeah. Uh, for me, I feel a lot better. Uh, one thing, uh, the Punisher dude needs to chill. Fuck you, man. I love that part. That was great. Well, like you a, guys, fucking party. 
There's no reason. There's shit going down. You guys are celebrating one little victory. The fucking battle's still raging on, man. What is he going to do? New York is frozen solid, and he's like, oh, there's probably somebody robbing a purse right now. Yeah, somewhere, and he's going to find them he's and beat murder the crap them. out of them. Yeah. yeah, I think the Punisher should maybe chill and have a drink. Nope. Well, That's a bad idea. I think it's fucked up that Punisher is allowed to hang out with everybody. I think that it, dude's a loose cannon. I think it, literally. I think he was really well used in this uh, arc. Uh, I really like this as well. I feel like I'm a little bit more reserved than you guys, maybe because as a uh, culmination to Jason Aaron's run on Thor and yeah. everything that he has done, awesome, absolutely great. As a culmination to this event, I'm, culmination, culmination. I'm not quite sure what this event was. I almost wish that it had been six issues in Thor rather mm. than its own thing. Because particularly this last issue... Fuck you. Hold on. Brought together so many different things from the Thor run, including uh, King Thor, the young Thor, and regular Styles Thor, uh, Jane Foster Thor, oh. uh, worked in some stuff with the God Butcher and other things yeah. going forward. It ended, spoiler, one, two, three, on a cliffhanger of Thor being made king of Asgard. So all great stuff, but... I feel like if you went back and read the six issues of War of the Realms, I wouldn't quite be sure what the story was. I agree with you. But I think that's more of a problem of just the sprawl of the story. And it felt like the War of the Realms series itself was just like sort of the the spark notes, the like just hitting the news highlights. Like, look, Spider-Man is wearing this helmet. You want to learn more about that? Go read this side story. Hell yeah. Just sort of guideposting everything. But I thought this issue did a good job of just being like, nope, here's the actual culmination. Yes. Culmination. And I, well, that's, I wish that had been the focus of the story. That's yeah. why I wish it had stayed in Thor so you could have that focus on Thor and not spread out in so many directions that was setting up 15 different spinoffs that you may or may not have had to read. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why you're mad, man. That was just a fucking great ride. I mean, the art is gorgeous. Russell Dodderman's art is Very cool. superb. Uh, Very um, excited for this King Thor mm-hmm. series. Coming yeah, up. set that up real nice. Yeah. Uh, that's the other... Uh, I guess my problem is with events more than anything. Yeah, because it seems yeah. like you just have an event problem. I got a little bit of a boat to pick. You hate all events, too. Uh, like yeah. picnics. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's, I'm like the Punisher in that way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He also hates picnics. He's like as he should. Yeah, he's. You think he doesn't like like he gets lunch? He doesn't eat outside. No, he always eats inside. What about Do like you, picnic table? He's no. at a barbecue. He probably shoot a picnic table. Before isn't it weird it. that his arch enemy is an ant man? No, it's not weird. And you're an asshole for well saying because that. he likes picnics. No, no, I think I, no. But ants ruin picnics, so Ant Man would be a friend of his. No, but he likes picnics, right? No, no I Punisher think he hates, hates picnics. picnics. Oh. Because he was bitten by a radioactive picnic? <laughs> I hate you. I don't really know a lot about the Punisher, yeah. necessarily. So uh, the thing about events uh, in mainstream comic books is they never end. And this issue does resolve a lot of stuff, but it sets up all of the next arcs and other comic books and everything else. Uh, and I don't know. I like resolution. I, I understand comics. You read comics and you like resolution? That doesn't make sense. That's why I don't like mainstream comics, and I got more of an indie sensibility, Pete. Oh, you aren't saying <laughs> a guy cool. wearing a Star Wars T-shirt. I love yeah. the little indie movies like Star Wars. Yeah. Nice, and uh, Jumanji socks. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. You're a sellout. Where'd you get those socks? Uh, I got them uh, from, from The Rock? 
none of them are discounted. They're not the not Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. They're the Robin Williams version. Ooh, yeah, the real better. fans the go all the way back. Uh, it's you a know when I said movie called Jumanji, you wouldn't know that. You know, when it. I said Jumanji, I was trying to think Avatar, but I said Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Having Jumanji socks is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you read the Chris Van Allsburg book, Jumanji? That's a good book. Cool. Uh, I guess he is a Jumanji fan. Yeah. <laughs> I really nailed it. Yeah. We call ourselves Jufangis. <laughs> Who's we? <laughs> Who this we? Me and some other hypothetical person. All right, so that's War of the Realms. Let's move on to Batman Damned number three. Now, I thought this would be an interesting one to talk about this week, particularly in light of the fact that DC got rid of all of its other ancillary lines, folded things like Vertigo and other adult Rest titles in peace, into DC Black Label, which this is part of. Uh, and this was the first DC Black Label book which ran into its own trouble when it showed off Batman's dong. Uh, that got off. edited out. And uh, now here we are on the third and final issue of this. How do you feel now about the inaugural Black Label book? Uh, I'm not excited about that Black Label book, but I tell you what, this book was really intense. The art's unbelievable. The cover was so creepy. Uh, but I think this was a really interesting Batman book, Uh for the art alone, and it was really kind of a messed up story. Uh, I think it was kind of a fun swing. I think it was an interesting uh, Brian Azzarello writing creepy shit like only he can. And this is the last issue. Yeah, I guess so. Right? It, it felt said like the end. It felt way open ended at the end of the issue. So, it, can we talk about the ending? Yeah, with the spoiler warning here. Yeah. So it's count it down. The uh, the. Three, two, one. The uh, series opened up with Batman killing the Joker, or at least thinking he killed the Joker. Yeah. We don't get to see how that happened, but things very uh, quickly spin out of control. He gets mixed up with a bunch of demonic-style magic characters, the Enchantress, John Constantine, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Dead Man. Uh, yeah. uh, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, bunch of others. Uh, and in this issue, Zatanna. what we find out, or at least what I took away from it, is the idea is maybe Batman also died in the alley with his parents. Maybe. That's what... Yeah. And it's called Batman Dam because he's traveling through his own personal hell. And the place that is left at the end is maybe he also makes a choice where the Joker, who he thought he let die is actually back and still alive. Yes. So he essentially, maybe he died in that alley, maybe he chose to die in that alley so that he could die so the Joker could live because he could not live with himself having actually killed somebody. Yeah. So, again, it's very ambiguous, but that's what I took away from that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. I just really felt like they were going to then have another issue to re resolve a lot yeah. of Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, I, think I, seemed, I mean, it I, seemed like I it believe was you, but be it definitely like, felt really. Yeah. I mean, the I liked a lot of the characterizations here. Um, the art is stunning, yeah. very good. It feels like the uh, art on like a board game, the top of a board game. Okay, a very fancy board game. Oh, that's what I might take was. <laughs> okay, wow, like a Dungeons and Dragons. Like when you're uh, walking book? through Comic Con and you go to the board game alley and you're like, oh wow, I don't know what that is, but it looks nice. Is there more to Comic Con than the board game alley? Uh, not that I know of. There's a shit ton more. Yeah, there's also the food court. It's true. Love oh, that. Man. Hit the food Ooh, court, yeah. hit the board game alley, leave. Everybody oh. cosplaying as uh, Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know about uh, the board shoot. game stuff, but I kind of thought it was like, it, 
my takeaway was the Joker means a lot more than to him than we realize. And the fact that if Joker died, it really would be like a part of him died. And so at the end, he kind of wished uh, if it was between him dying and the Joker dying, he would rather die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. He loves uh, for me, the real star of this was Lee Burbano's art. Absolutely stunning, as you guys said. Uh, that whole coffin bit was so crazy. With cool. the swamp thing being yeah. enormous and looming over yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely incredibly drawn. I was iffy on the story. I'm iffy on the whole black label thing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It feels like a line that's not going to last for another two years, even. Something like that. Um, Especially dispensing with vertigo, something that we all... Love. Right. Uh, but I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, let us move on to an image comic book, Weatherman, The Weatherman, Volume 2, Number 1. Now, we recently had Jody LaHoop, uh, who is the writer of the series, on the show. He talked about this a little bit. You guys love this series. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about it coming back? Uh, good pickup. Um, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. It, it puts you right back in the action. Um Everyone's still being themselves. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm really impressed with this, how this unfolds. Because at first it was kind of like, here we have this stupid weatherman guy, and he's supposed to be more than what we seem. And this issue does a great job of really kind of spelling out what's going on and the world a lot more. We kind of zoomed out. Yeah. Uh, and it was really crazy to see kind of Earth in the future and how fucked up it gets. Boneyard. Yeah, man, that is a creepy-ass Boneyard. But uh, that's over on uh, 35th and Park. Yeah. You can see that now. <laughs> oh, man. Don't yeah. go over there. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I think the art is fantastic. The writing's great. It's, it's kind of a fucked-up story, but it's also a little light and fun. Yeah, I, I think this is a very interesting character to have like more to him than just being like a a fake newsman, like kind of crazy newsman type vibe or weatherman, I should say. I like this a lot too. It's very this issue uh, changes between terror and deep sci-fi uh, to humor with a moment's notice. It's a lot of different tones, but there's a lot going on that's very interesting. And even if you don't know the characters, I think this is a good one to jump in on. It's certainly yeah. a deep dive, but it will definitely suck you in as you go. And the, the art also is so gorgeous. The characters. Are, yeah, and it's so hard good. not to twerk while you're reading it, you know. What's that? What? Oh, what? I'm it's hard sorry? not to twerk. Oh, we should say Pete is twerking right now. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's got a funny twerking moment. You know, it's hard not to twerk along. Did you what? Did you twerk along? <laughs> he was kind of giving yeah, you... Yeah, no, no. Well, I'm asking you a direct question, Pete. Did you twerk to this maybe comic I, book? Maybe I stood up on the subway and twerked it a little bit. On the subway, any? you say? Yeah. yeah. Wow. How many quarters did you get? Uh, did I, people toss quarters in that crack? Mr. Oh Bojangles over here. <laughs> oh, dancing for quarters on the subway. Oh. Quarters... Uh, dropped right into his yeah. crack. Yeah, you should definitely, uh, if you guys ever see Pete, ask him to twerk. He can catch quarters in his crack. Yeah. That's Honestly, his butt cheeks are like hands. <laughs> it's crazy. They're like prehensile. It's wild. <laughs> Let's move on to another image comic book, Ascender number three. Now, we've been really enjoying this book a lot. Uh, this is the sequel to Descender. It focuses on a world after the second robot apocalypse, follows a couple of characters that we knew from the previous series, and now the world has totally been turned to magic. We haven't exactly known why, and we still don't exactly know why. No, we we find out a lot more about the beginnings of it in this issue. Yeah. Oh, man, I love this issue Me so too. much. So 
well done. Alone is worth picking this up uh, by Dustin Wen. Uh, but this uh, this issue, like jumping back and forth between the present and um, our two main characters, I'm running from uh, a certain death, and then flashing back to the past where um, the the family uh, was running from their death. It yeah. was like great, just really well a lot done. of running from death in this. Yeah. Isn't that but, what life is? Well, it, it does a good job of getting you into the emotional life of the characters, even if you don't know them from the previous series, yeah. uh, and hitting you with some serious heartache by the end. There's also Ugh. huge what-the-fuck moments. Like, to get into spoilers here, Vampires on the Moon is an amazing visual. Yeah. Like, just absolutely terrifying. Very, very well done. Uh, I was like, it was kind of funny because I felt like the comic was in my head. Where I was like, all right, why the fuck are we working so hard for this goddamn mechanical dog? And then they kind of showed me why. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. that too. Yeah. Uh, this is great. This keeps adding new details to the world. It now officially sets up a mystery about also, the universe as well. Yeah. Uh, we need to know about the big villain mother, where she came from, how magic came into a sci-fi universe. Uh, I'm very excited for where this is going. Also, it's pretty heartbreaking, this issue. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Gotcha. Ooh. Uh, that's why my one question for you, Pete, is why are you still twerking? <laughs> if you're so upset. No, he's, he's doing some sad twerking. Yeah, oh, sad twerking. Sorry, you can't tell the difference twerking. between happy and sad twerking? I'm so sorry. I just have, I'm twerk blind. Oh, okay. It's like color blind, yeah, but yeah. for twerking. You I can tell can't. it's sad twerking because his butt cheeks are crying quarters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I see where they're coming from. Man, you're like one of those machines. You'd put the quarter in to try to knock it off the shelf. Yeah. There's like, there's like $4 on the floor here. Yeah. You ever get a smush petty from Pete? <laughs> he makes them himself. That makes a lot of sense. How did he get the writing in there that said, happy birthday, Justin? I've never wanted to ask or find out, but it's very cool nonetheless. Anyway, like we're saying, put a quarter in or a penny into Pete's butt, <laughs> butt crack, and fuck, you will man. get a surprise and a prize. Yeah, you probably <laughs> get punched in the face. And that's, that's our the... review of Ascender number three. Moving on to an advanced Dark Horse comic out July 10th. Uh, this is actually a Dark Horse DC comic. It. Black Hammer, Justice League, Hammer of Justice number one. There's a crossover between Black Hammer and Justice League, as the title says. Uh, this is great. Really good. Oh, I was surprised. Yeah. Uh, crossovers like this are always can sort of run afoul pretty quickly, but this one felt really like... Organic, well played, good, uh, really well drawn. Um, also, I love, like I'm the on board. Split panel was really cool and creative yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, specifically because this is taking on two teams that have no business crossing over, right? Right. Like Black Hammer, if you haven't been reading it, the idea is it's a Justice Society-esque team slash Justice League-esque team who not exactly lost their memory but got trapped at this farm. They can't leave this farm. Yeah, so it's all very, farms, guys. It's very anti-action a lot of the time, dives yeah. into the characters uh, and expands out there with the mystery of why they're there. It feels Doom Patrol-esque. Yeah, and Justice League is the opposite. So to take Black Hammer and put them in any sort of situation, where they're in a superhero situation again that's not a flashback to their glory days, feels very strange as a fan of that franchise, but it's really exciting. It's a very good beginning to the series. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I'm, I'm excited. The art's fantastic. And uh, Alex, if you, I know you're such an indie comics guy, but the Justice yeah, League, if you want to check it out, there's a movie, and it's sort of like those people. Oh, cool. Is it, It's good? The movie? Yeah, it's pretty... I think everyone... Unibri- I've never heard anyone say one critical thing about it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, and it's... Uh, who's it directed by? 
I think they went no director. No director. Yeah. 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 They just, just all showed up. Movie? And, I love that. I mean, watching it, I feel like that's the way it comes across. Oh, man. Is it like jazz? A little bit. I love jazz. Oh, good. You're going to like this. <laughs> yeah, I love jazz. I love indie stuff. You know how jazz like doesn't tell a story and you don't know what's happening a lot of the time? Uh-huh. That's not jazz. Huh? That's not jazz at all. all jazz right. tells a lot of stories. Oh, shit. We got Bob Fosse over here. <laughs> that was definitely the wrong reference for no, jazz. <laughs> all that jazz? Oh. <laughs> that was the right reference. Uh, great. Uh, Pete, you want to dive into that anymore? Uh, Miles <laughs> Davis is a fucking treasure, you asshole. I never said he's not a treasure. I was making shit. fun of Justice League, Pete. Jeez. Here's another image comic. Deadly Class number 39. Rip the TV show, but long live the comic. It is back. Uh, our favorite characters are back at King's Dominion, the teen assassin school, mixing it up uh, with everybody who's there. And specifically, we've got, uh, what's his name? Made guy. Marcus. Marcus. Marcus, thank you. Um, Marcus and Maria are back at the school. They're now super popular. And Shabnam, who is their former foil, uh, is uh, pretty pissed about it. So we get to see their revenge, or they're trying to have their revenge this issue. Uh, This is great. We talked about how last issue was a reset for the series, and it continues here. I love it. I, uh, I'm not reading it out of protest because they canceled my show, so I'm not going to read this is comic that true? until the show comes back. Wait, hold uh, on. Well, is that true? I don't know if you're ever going to read this again. Also, very specifically, Rick Remender announced in a tweet that it was canceled by saying, hey, guys, I'm sorry to say the show is officially done. Please read the comics. Yeah, yeah. I did. I liked it. I uh, wanted to retweet it, but I didn't. Wait, you oh, read cool. the tweet? <laughs> yeah, and I liked it. You, you read the tweet. Where he, the creator of the show that you love, says it's never coming back. And I was Please like, you're right, Rick. I'm going to protest the fact that they're canceling the TV show. I'm with you, man. Fight the power, baby. Yeah. Great. Great no, choice. No, I thought this was a great is- uh, issue. I, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's great. Really good. Yeah. What Rick Romano does so well is has these sort of larger overarching uh, storylines uh, make- with a dark edge to them. Also great like little character moments here. It makes me miss in the TV show the flashback that has the style of this comic book in the TV show. Wes Craig's yeah. art. Yeah. What yeah. made you miss it to read this comic that also features that art? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're weird. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the, what I like about this in particular is because the dynamic is flipped, we're getting to see Marcus finally take control of his own destiny and make some moves in King's Dominion. There's a bunch of twists at the end of the issue that are awesome. There's a hugely I emotional love that moment. Last panel. Yeah, yeah. Oh. fantastic. Uh, this... The characters have literally been wandering around for a very good chunk of the comic so far, so it's nice to see it come back to basics and refocus in this way. You hate when people wander in comics. It drives I don't, you insane. I don't like it. And in real life. Yeah. Stick to the path. <laughs> there you go. Uh, DC Comics, The Flash, number 73, continuing The Flash, year one. Uh, this is... Uh, a revamp of the origin of Barry Allen. We're getting to see him before he's 100% officially the Flash. When we last him, left him last issue, he had gotten shot and was dying of a gunshot wound while oh. Iris West was on the other side of the door, and that's where he picked up. Uh, I additionally, really wanted him to die. Yeah, that would have been a weird twist. Yeah. Uh, he also accidentally went to the future and found that the turtle, who uh, is a slow dude, uh, had it was taken- based on the character from Entourage. 
Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that explains why there was a dude named E there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the turtle has taken over the world, so he saw this dark future, was trying to prevent it. Um, this was my favorite issue of this arc so far, personally. I know you guys have not been into it, right? Nah, I like it all right. <laughs> Flash is not my favorite character. Too fast. Yeah, can't keep track. I'm not furious uh, If you like it all right, what do you like all right about it? Uh, I liked the um, the... Conversation between um, Flash and, and Turtle, I thought was cool. Uh, you like how it was like a different font, so you could tell who was talking. Was that well, because he's like? slower, so there's more spaces. Yeah, smart. Um, I'm curious what this sort of means for. I feel like we've retold, told, and retold the Flash origin so many times. Yeah. So what does this mean for the Flash? Like, what's new about yeah. this? Because it, it feels like, oh, I'm. Re- you, this feels like a story he could have told. In current continuity, so I don't know why it's flashing back. Uh, I think what what I like about it is it is building up the turtle, uh, who is a ridiculous named, ridiculous enemy. Um, he would show up occasionally throughout the comics, and it always like, all right, he's slow. That's his thing. But so, slow and steady wins the race. Exactly. Oh, yeah, it does. Um, so giving him that classic like flash feel that Jeff Johns did back in the day with the rogue profiles, doing the same thing for the turtle and really building him up is, I think, a nice smart thing on Josh Williamson's part. Uh, But I agree with you. I think it is going to pay off with something. We already know that it is going to tie into his present in some way because the arc started with him, the present Barry Allen, being sent back in time and told, you need to remember what happened. So it is going to pay off in some way. So to that end, I like it. I like the characterization. I think... Him having to deal with getting shot with a bullet and his girlfriend being on the other side of the door is a fun use of the Flash's powers. But is it his girlfriend uh, yet? Awkward. Well, they were definitely making out and They're staying kissing. in the same bed. Okay. I, mean, like, I hate to be a drama queen, but they kissing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they kissing. All right. Next one to talk about from Marvel Comics, the Spider-Man Annual presents Peter Porker number one. Now, there is a story in the front from Jason Latour all about Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. Uh, but the big draw is that Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who created is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, or at least partially created it, are writing a story of Peter Porker as the backup for the issue. Um what did you think about this as a whole? What did you think about the stories? The backup was fantastic. The backup was cool. Uh, Lord Miller, that was a fun fun take. Had some nice sort of like... That was oh. the Howard the Duck one, right? Yes. yes. Comics was, are always repeating themselves yeah, in also, different iterations. The Calvin and Hobbes take and how that changed and stuff? I did see it. I that saw, was I noticed really it. great. Yeah. Uh, the front story, I was like, what? It yeah. was very confusing. Also, I hadn't realized that the origin of uh, Peter Porker was that he was a spider bitten by a pig. So I've seen Spider-Verse, I think, three times, maybe four times now, Why something like that. Uh, and all right, buddy. Uh, there's that sequence where they say, OK, one more time, which I know you hate. Yep. But when they get to Spider-Man Noir, uh, Penny Parker and Spider-Ham, they do all three of them at the same time. And the last two times I've watched it with my kids, and each time we're like, did they say that Peter Porker was a spider bitten by a pig? That can't be right, right? Yeah. Uh, but it is. It's in the movie, and it's in the comic as well. I guess that's his definitive origin. Yeah. It's pretty weird. That is weird. The The tone of the front story definitely felt like Spider-Gwen to me, b- yeah. because it's the same... Uh, writer. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> It ends up feeling kind of weird and offbeat and off-putting. It was a little hard to follow the plot. But I did Spider-Gwen, yeah. who is a penguin, who is Spider-Gwen. 
That's a good joke. Very fun. Yeah. yeah. There was some good stuff in it. It just was like pretty, it was just a wild story that it was, it was hard to follow. And uh, sometimes that's cool and sometimes it's a little confusing. Yeah. It's like jazz. Now that's jazz, baby. Oh, boy. Hey. That's, uh, the backup story is great. Yeah. All right. Last one we're going to talk about. This is from DC Comics, The Silencer, number 18. Now, I believe this was the first out of the gate for the new age of heroes at DC Comics. And Everyone's this is the so hype about that. last issue of The Silencer. So I thought it was good to kind of take a look back at it. We talked about the first issue, and I think we liked it just fine. Um, but now that the series is done, now that the new age of heroes is very much winding down, uh, how do you feel about the thing as a whole? I thought this was a good ending. Pete, talking to your bike. I thought this was a good ending. I really liked how it ended and the kind of uh, the pace that it took to kind of wrap things up. I mean, I was a little, at the end, I was dying to know who was at the door. You know, it's kind of a cliffhanger there for the last issue. But uh, I think the art's great. I like the storytelling. I thought it was cool. Um, this spinning out of the... Uh Metal, Dark Knight's Metal yep. uh, series. I never knew how this character really connected to that in a thematic way. Um, and this story felt like a story from the 90s that was like, oh, this could be now. Um, and so, I don't know. It definitely feels like the new age of heroes didn't quite pop. Yeah, we talked about it as it was going on, and it always felt like those... There was not those heroes weren't too uh, specific enough. Yeah, like the silencer. That's a weird power that she can create a bubble of silence. Yeah, uh, but it's also when when you want to be sneaky. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. That's but there was fair. also a bunch of other stuff going on. Like, kind of, she was a Punisher vigilante. Yeah. Kind of, she was working for Leviathan for Tali Al Ghul. Also, she um, kind of had a family. Kind of had a family. So there's lots of stuff going on there, which made it, I think, a little hard to follow. I did like this issue. I thought there was yeah. good character stuff with her family. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think if DC is going to try to launch a new line of heroes, which is a laudable thing to do, they should think... Think a little more carefully about making them very crisp and clear, which a lot yeah. of these were not. Uh, Agreed. That's the nicest I've ever seen Deathstroke or Slade there. That was, he was just, what a delight. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. <laughs> the end of the book. That's they're see. relaunching his book as The Delightful Deathstroke. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> he was just so supportive and was like, hey, good luck with your life. Yeah. That's sweet. You know? I mean, imagine Deathstroke came up to you and was just like, hey, man. Just want to say good luck with your life. I, I would feel great about that. Would you? You wouldn't not trust him? Well, hey, would he, wouldn't you be like, why are you talking to me? I mean, hey, get be, out of my face, bro. It would be messed up if he was Keep your distance. For, keep a respectful guy and then stabbed her. Pizza. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Would yeah. you say keep a respectful distance from me? Yeah, I would. Deathstroke? Yeah, I would. That's nice. good. If you would like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we'll chat with you about comic books. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you at the comic book shop. And now, some jazz. I know you're making fun of him. This is actually nice, man. Twerk it, Pete. Twerk it. All right, cab fare.